Welcome to the Natural Hair Education Podcast, where we empower, educate, and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. I am your host, Corinthian Carruthers II, and thank you for listening. I am a licensed beauty educator, licensed cosmetologist, and natural hair culturist. I am co-owner of Creative Hair School of Cosmetology and creator of Natural Hair Education, where I guide, teach, and coach beauty school students and professional stylists on their path towards mastering and increasing their value and income in natural hair care and braiding. On this platform, we will discuss real hair stories, break myths, and grow in self-love. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Natural Hair Education Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Natural Hair Education's Texture on Texture Styling Course. This styling course is a virtual educational experience. Learn how to properly detangle the hair, learn how to do coils, flat twists, two-strand twists, and an updo, all on naturally textured hair. In this program, you will receive Ada, which is Natural Hair Education's first texture hair mannequin. And listen, she is the real deal, okay? So once you get your hands on her, you'll be able to learn these different types of skills as well as improve your own skills, increase your service time, and overall, increase your income. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Natural Hair Education Podcast. This is the beginning of a new series for the month of March. March is Children's Literacy Month as well as Women's History Month. And we will touch on both of those topics this month. To begin our literacy episodes, we're gonna begin with a guest that has written a children's book to help build the self-esteem through their hair. Representation matters in our community. And how are our children learning their identity, their culture, and where they come from, and who they really are? My next guest, written a children's book to help children, little black girls all around the world, learn to love themselves through their curls. Janae Anderson is an accomplished speaker, best-selling author, natural hair coach, and self-esteem advocate for children. Born in the cozy and quiet town of Port Huron, Michigan, Janae grew up wanting a bigger life than what she saw. That opportunity presented itself with her parents' divorce, which sent Janae along with her twin sister and her mother to the busy city of Philadelphia at age nine. Having battled bullying and negative talk from her schoolmates for not being as cool for her hair, Janae made a decision to take her negative experiences and turn them into a positive lesson for little girls who experience hate and negativity because of their hair. As a mother of two daughters, Janae has reinforced positive self-talk in her children by raising them with strong positive self-images. Janae's positive affirmation began to spread to other little girls and many parents began asking her for a book. It was that encouragement that led to the best-selling book, I Love My Curls. I Love My Curls is Janae's Anderson love letter to little girls all over the world who would get teased or bullied for their natural hair. This book receives critical acclimate from several organizations like the Black CEO International and Kindle Academy. When Janae isn't spending time with her loving husband, Dave, and her two children, she is spreading her message of self-esteem and natural hair advocacy all over the country. A graduate of kinesiology program of Wayne State University, Janae Anderson resides in Philadelphia. 
Hi, Janae. Welcome to the Natural Hair Education Podcast. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for being here. So as we all know that March is Literacy Month (laughs) and you wrote a book and I just want to get into different ways that we as parents and influencers can really help our children with their identity and just learning self-love. But before we get into that, I do want to ask you to share with the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are and what it is that you do. Hi, uh, my name is Janae Anderson. Um, for those of you who um, may not know who I am, I am a Amazon best-selling author. I wrote a children's book called I Love My Curls. It was my love letter to all the little black girls around the world to know that they are beautiful, so are their curls, and to educate them of how to um, pretty much appreciate you know their God-given uniqueness because our hair is wonderful and it is a tool to sort of help parents as well um, kind of broach this conversation about self-love and acceptance. And um, there's a wonderful resource guide at the end, which was the core of the book for me, because, you know, starting this natural hair journey for a lot of people is hard. We don't know what's coming out of our scalps because for so long we alter the, you know, our curl patterns and we do all these things to our hair. And um, I thought that would be a good place to start. And I wanted to focus it towards the little ones. So I think that's where those conversations need to uh, begin. And I did it through a book. (laughs) Oh, that is beautiful. So you said it's a love letter to all little black girls. That is so cool. So let me ask you, how did you get into writing the book? Like, what was your inspiration? Did you see anything happen with your daughters or with yourself? How did the book come to life? Um, You know what? I was inspired by my daughters, but I also was inspired by my own experiences because growing up, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in um, Fort Huron, Michigan, you know, where it wasn't a lot of people who looked like me. So wearing your hair natural um, wasn't the thing the mentality was to fit in. We would do things like press our hair, you know, um, you know, put relaxers in it. And then if you fast forward a little bit, I moved to Philadelphia when I was about nine or 10. Now it was a big culture shock because you're coming from, (laughs) you know, Michigan, a very small town to now this big chocolate city. And listen, honey, they were wearing pigtails in fourth grade. Okay. They were, they were going to the hairdresser getting, you know, you know, the dope haircuts. And my mom was like, no, you wearing the bobbles and the the pigtails. You're only in fourth grade. So not only did I get you know, once again, into this space of um, feeling like my hair wasn't good enough. It went from, you know, being a chocolate in an all white environment now to being in a chocolate environment and getting it from the chocolate people, the melanated people. So it was a trip for me. It was an adjustment. Um, And and I had to sort of adapt to that. And um, that was my experience, you know, because my mom wasn't, you know, at fourth grade, you know, relaxing our hair at that point. But she had prior, when we were in Michigan, she would alter it through, you know, straightening it and things. But then after the bullying, my mom just kind of threw the relaxers back in there again. And, you know, I didn't I didn't stop wearing relaxers to probably about um, college. I think that was the first time I started to dwell back into the whole, you know, natural hair thing. Thanks, Lauren Hill. <laughs> you know, right. I, yeah, because I felt like, my aesthetic being, you know, like a, like a darker skin, you know, black girl, you know, that was the first image within my era 
era rather that I saw the acceptance for that type of aesthetic. And I'm like, okay, you know, I feel a little bit more comfortable. And I think that's where we started to see a little bit more people moving towards this natural hair thing. And I, I was started to explore it and I loved it. Yes, me too. Me too. Now, let me ask you something. So mm-hmm. when was your first relaxer? How old were you when you had your first relaxer? Girl, um, it wasn't even a relaxer. It was a jerry curl. Oh, <laughs> Girl, it was a jerry curl because I was born in the, in the late 70s. So I'd probably like the early 80s, you know, uh-huh. the G- Michael Jackson jerry curl was everything. And my mom, I remember um, her girlfriend was a stylist, a, hair, a hairdresser, and she got them jerry curls at me because I'm a twin. So me and my sister, you know, um, got jerry curls. That was the, my first uh, chemical process. So um, that was a whole mess. You know, you had the whole Ziploc bag on your head at night, you know, the activator, the moisturizer. And I just remember coming out of that, our hair just falling out. You know, it wasn't the same thick, luscious, you know, four-year-old hair because you shouldn't be messing with four-year-old hair. It's not even fully mature yet, you know? Um, And then she went into, you know, the pressing comb. So that was the first time I had my hair chemically altered was four. So was that a traumatic experience? I mean, I know you were young, but was that memorable for you? Were you, like, do you sometimes think back and say, wow, like that was a traumatic experience. Cause as black women, as black girls, our hair can be a traumatic experience. It just can. And was that something that stuck with you? Was that part of the reason why the book came to life or. Yeah. yeah was- I, you know, yeah. I, you know what I, back then I thought it was everything to have this um, Michael Jackson hairstyle, but it must have been more traumatic than I realized because I remember it like yesterday. I can still remember that sulfur smell. You know, it's a, it's a nasty smell when you get a Jerry Curl. <laughs> I remember um, in the summers with that having to wear that cap at night to keep you know the moisture in. It was hot and sweaty, and I remember you know being a kid, you know, four you're still pretty much a bit little baby, you know, wanting to take it off. No, you can't take it off. And then I remember. Um, how dramatic it was the shedding, you know, coming out of that. I don't know. I don't know. I guess you would probably have to literally cut it out or transition. But back then we didn't, we didn't really know a whole lot about natural hair the way we we do now. And it just shed and then you just get your hair cut and then you just, you know, go ahead about your life, <laughs> you know, and it grows back. So that was a bit dramatic. Um, I think more than I realized, um, if I could remember all those sensory things and, and um, how dramatic, I think any girl knows when you have, longer hair and then you, you, you have nothing you know in, in our community mm. we call it being bald head mm-hmm. <laughs> no yeah. one wants to be bald head so that's how kind of how I felt you know like damn I can't even put my hair in a ponytail so I I knew that at four so um it was pretty traumatic and then you couple it with the, you know with some of the bullying and those negative messages that people were giving me growing up about natural hair it was the thing to always you know straighten your hair and when you went in the times that I didn't it was a problem for other people wow isn't that something that is something oh my goodness so you started your natural journey in college Mm -hmm. tell me about that um like I said you know um Lauren Hill was um a big influence on me so I began to embrace and question everything that I had learned why do I feel so unattractive when my hair is um natural you know um 
stop using these negative words like nappy. I'm not judging anybody, but for me, it's triggering because those are the words that were used a lot growing up um, within my household with my family and times where people from you know the outside had something to say. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not gonna refer to my hair like that. So I had to start affirming and believing that my hair was beautiful. I had like this love-hate relationship with it. So when I cut my hair off, like I went full Sinead O'Connor. I had nothing, girl. I like shaved it to the scalp. I had nothing. And it was the most liberating feeling in yes. the world. But then, you know, those, those little messages always are in the back of your head. And I started to feel like, dang, once again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bald head. <laughs> You know, what can I do? I feel a little bit masculine here. Um, and I would always make sure like my makeup game was right. And I would always have like the big, you know, gigantic earrings, you know, because I wanted people to know, hey, I'm a girl because funny story is a couple of times, like, you know, you dress down, you have your sweats on, you know, we know as black folk, black women chop the hair off. Now the others don't know. So I, girl, you're alive, sir, like I'm not a sir. <laughs> Like, I know my hair is short, but I don't think I look that masculine. But, you know, so, but that kind of fed into that insecurity, you know, I felt less feminine. So I had to kind of um, dig deep and sort of rid my mind of those things too, those certain gender things that tells us, you know, we're socialized to think that if you're a woman, your hair has to be long, you know, if it's short, mm, you know, so I had to kind of get past that. Um but that that's that's where it started. I, I went I went for the gusto. I cut it all off. You no did, chance. girl. I did too, though. I did my first <laughs> my first transition into natural was the big, like the big chop. Okay, yeah. it wasn't a little bit. It was all of the hair. Mm -hmm. So you eventually um, had girls, mm -hmm. and how has you like how have you been able to inspire them to love on themselves and their natural hair? Are they in a school system where there's a lot of diversity? Do they get questioned about their hair? What are you doing as a mom and an influencer to really help them identify who they are? Okay, my girls, my girls are so far apart. I have one that's a senior at Howard University. <laughs> then I have another that's five. So to see the difference in the, in the years and to be a mom with 26 years combined in, in life, you know, being a mother and life experience and dealing with their hair. Um, I'll, I'll start with my first daughter. My first daughter, um, I had her when I was like about 23. So like I said, this, this natural hair journey was sort of a back and forth because until you peel back the layers and really understand and love yourself, you're going to go back to the creamy crack. You're <laughs> going to go back to Louise. You're going to go back to the, the lace fronts, all those things. So she seen me do those, right? See me go through all of that. So I would always affirm her. I would always make sure that we had books that represented what she looked like. I always made sure um, that I affirmed that her hair was beautiful, her skin was beautiful. Um, and I didn't really um, begin to alter it. And when I decided to alter it, it was a time factor, you know, because I was in school and I had to work. I just was like, I don't got time to be dealing with this hair. So that's what I did. Something I said I'd never do. I put that relaxer in her hair. So it was it was a journey. And um, there were times, like I said, I kind of went back from being natural during those early years of being a mom. And then I decided, you know what? Children become what they live. If How can I affirm her? But I'm up here being natural, you know, for a couple months. Then I'm going back to, you know, relax my hair. You know, it, it just it, it just becomes this um, vicious cycle of um, living a lie 
you know, mm. you believe it, but obviously I don't believe it enough if I'm not living it consistently, you know, and then it became a uh, health issue. I, I um, discovered I had fibroids, you know, and I was lucky enough to have a sister as a uh, doctor. And um, she said that is one of the reasons why we as black women have fibroids at such a high level is it's a debate in the medical community, but one of the commonalities is that we do all of these things to our hair and these harsh chemicals. We have to remember the skin yeah. <laughs> absorbs all of these things. And they believe a lot of those chemicals that, that we use in, in processing our hair and making it straight um, is a, a big contributor to why we get fibroids, you know? And um, I was like, oh, you know, that was like, no, 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 because what's next, cancer? You know, mm -hmm. how do I know what the long-term effects of doing these things all of these years are going to be? And you couple that once again with, okay, now I have to be that ex example for her. So I, I, I did the big chop and I never went back, never went back. Mm -hmm. Now with the youngest one, she has seen not only her bigger sister, me and her dad, we're all natural. She, so she's never in her life seen um, me wear, you know, anything, you know, straight, like now she had to get used to the locks because I didn't, I didn't have locks when, you know, when she was a little goober, mm -hmm. but that's, that's the only, the only difference that she's um, ever seen. Now my daughter, once in a while, she may, um, you know, try out a wig because she's young and you know she'll put on like an afro wig or something kind of afrocentric but um other than that though like she she's all natural she's locked up so um she's okay. seen us all natural but you have to be careful though with the um uh, youtube videos the kids like to watch the cartoons because the imagery Sometimes, even if they're using animals, you know, the bad characters are usually black, you know, and they send these messages. So you have to be careful and you really have to be diligent and in and, and paying attention to what they're watching because those messages will, will, will slip in. And then, like you mentioned earlier, she is in the public school system. She's in kindergarten, but, you know, it's only her and another kid, you yeah. know, in the classroom. So there's no other black girl. So there's all these, you know white girls, Indian girls, you know, um, you know, Hispanic girls, and she's the only one and they look different than her. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, she'll, you know, she'll say little things, oh, I love my curly hair, but then she wants to have her hair like them. And I'm like, well, your hair doesn't do that, but it's just as beautiful, you know? So you, it's just a, con a constant, um, affirming that hey you know yes their hair's cute but but yours is cute too their hair can't do what your hair did they can't put it up in you know in a puff they can't mm -hmm. do you know um two strand twist or coils you know you know and she's like oh you know so you know then she'll get back into the groove but you can sometimes see those little yeah yeah I noticed these differences but not really understanding it you know um so it's just constantly reaffirming her and then kind of watching you know, what she, she's introduced to. And then like, it, even like dolls and toys, you know, she's really into like the Disney princesses and, you know, she was like really into Tiana, but now she's really into Ariel. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. that's all good. <laughs> but I'm like, slow your roll. What happened to um, okay. Tiana, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I, I try to push that on her, but I have to also allow her to embrace different types of beauty as well. But that doesn't mean she has to diminish or exactly. feel diminished that she doesn't have red hair, blonde hair, blue eyes, whatever, you know, I have to really be careful. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's real. I like to say that children are like 
open book with blank pages. So, you know, we're able to put put in them or feed them things that we feel like they should know. And that's why to me, it's so important as parents that we are leading by example, mm -hmm. um, not to tell your child to do one thing and you do something different, but to, but to actually walk in it and live it, live it out because they're gonna do that exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> My next question is, so how can parents help children see the positivity within our culture as a people? I think, first of all, just, um, I think you have to, really check yourself and see how you feel about your own culture because as black people we have to have that conversation with ourselves we we are we are in a environment that is not our own we adopt <laughs> the oppressor's points of view about everything and that's why i think at some point there's not a black person alive that doesn't have this come to jesus uh discussion with themselves, you know, you feel confused, you feel angry, and then you eventually begin to unlearn all that crap that you learn because and you learn that it's, you know, it, it's, it's the system that teaches us to hate ourselves, not to appreciate our, our beauty. It tells us that we're bad. I mean, you turn on the news, you know, you know, we have whole leaders, presidents of the United States giving us these messages. And then when we go into you know, the workplace or into these schools, we have to adapt to their system, you know, and we almost have to be two different people. We have to be careful how we talk. We got to do all of these things. And we learn that at such a, a young age. And it's almost as if we don't even remember when did it start? <laughs> when did all of this start? You know, even our parents, you know, bombard us with these, these things, you know, you, you know, to prepare us for this, it's this world that we have to um, step into. So I think it's very important first for a parent to deal with all that. Then you have to teach your children how to navigate this world that is not really a world that's created for them. And it is so sad because our kids are, they can't be kids. They're looked at as adults, even when they're children, you know, um, even when they do simple things in the classroom, it becomes a behavioral issue and not just a, uh, ageism issue. You know, if our kid has a day where they want to throw a tantrum at five years old in the kindergarten, that's looked like, oh my God, here comes yeah. this little bad <laughs> yeah. black kid or little kid. We see whole kids getting like four and five and six getting arrested because they had a bad day at school, <laughs> you know, and it, it becomes like this thing. So I, I think we have to really, um, it's our responsibility to, to, Teach them that, but also to let them know that regardless of what the system says that you are, you are not that. Look at your history. Look at what we have here in our home. Look how mom, dad, grandma, whoever whoever is that focal point in that core support or that village for that child. Look at what we built for you. Look at, look at what we've done. You have things to be proud about. Um, and no one should be able to sort of penetrate that. But even when it when when people do penetrate that, um, and even though sometimes we have to learn how to pivot, it doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice who you are. You don't have to feel embarrassed. You don't have to change it. You don't have to fit in to someone else's puzzle piece. And that's one of the things I, I like about, you know, like, you know, people my daughter's age, you know, because they don't care. They, they've sort of taken back that power and yeah. they don't feel as if they have to, um, 
blend in and 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 not be themselves anymore. It's almost giving the middle finger <laughs> to the establishment, and they don't care who doesn't like it. You know, just like with like uh, George Floyd's death, you see all this protesting, but people were doing more than protesting. They stopped buying certain products, mm -hmm. stopped patronizing certain businesses. Like they were not playing. It's a whole different um, ball game. And I think, you know, that's the, those are some of the things that we have to instill, like this sense of pride. I don't think we have a sense of pride like we used to. You know, um, I think for a long time we wanted to integrate and blend in. And there's a difference between wanting to be um, loving to others and having pride. Some of these conversations aren't conversations for everyone to have. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you have to you have to really inform them about who they are, where they come from, um, to be prideful about that. Um, you have to let them know, unfortunately, that this world sometimes is cruel, but it's also a good world. Everyone's not bad, <laughs> you know. Um, so I, I think that's the most important thing, and you always have to affirm them. When, when you see mm -hmm. that trouble coming and they come home and, oh, I got teased for my hair, or someone told me I was too light, I was too dark, I'm too this, I'm too that. You have to affirm them. You have to show them that, well, why? Why, you know, why, why would you, why does it matter um, with someone's outside validation view, like th th that shouldn't matter. It it's all about how you feel, you know, about yourself. Do you feel there's something wrong with that? And if you do, let's talk about it, you know. Um, and always making sure that if, if you don't have certain um, role models in place, you know, we, we all come from different types of families, find them. There's a lot of people who are open, you know, mm -hmm. to, you know, letting your kid come and, and watch them, you know, be an entrepreneur, whatever it is that they do, if, you know, wherever they want to become, throw them in those circles. You know, oh, there's, yeah. there's plenty of people, a lot of chocolate melanated people who are open <laughs> to being a mentor or a mentee and allowing your child in to see that there is different types of things that we do. Don't let them tell you all you can do, all you can be is a musician, a rapper, or, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, or an, an athlete. athlete. <laughs> right. I mean, we're, we're doctors, we're, we're, we're um, business owners. I mean, we, we're scientists, we do all types of things. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with anyone, because I'm a creative at heart, you mm -hmm. know, but I'm just saying there, we, there's more things that black folk can do, and they yeah. are doing it. So we have to expose them to everything, even if we don't have those people, those people in our circle. Seek people oh, out. There's all of types of organizations. I mean, all you got to do is ask, yeah. you know. Man, Janae, you said so much. You said some good things. And I never thought about how you mentioned we as a people need to see how, like, take a step back and check ourselves. Like, that's very important because how can you even raise up a child if you're unsure about who you are, the love that you have for yourself, all that stuff. That is amazing. So next thing is with everything that happened, even from George Floyd Brianna Taylor and the black community that's really standing up and standing for pro-black, mm -hmm. black business, supporting black owned. Where do you see the future of our children when it comes to this country and it comes to, you know, them seeing themselves and seeing how they move and operate in the years to come? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I, I'm hopeful because I see a difference in representation. You know, listen, I don't care what side of the fence you are on, but like we got it. We have a sister, as, you know, as a vice president, <laughs> you know, that's something that I did not have. You did not have growing up. So I feel like 
there's so much more opportunity that um, is going to be available to them because they're no longer asking to be seated at someone else's table. They are like, I'll make up my own stuff then. If you don't, <laughs> you know, if you don't want me to, I don't want to be a part of something that, that that doesn't want me to be a part of something, you know? So, you know, they're becoming entrepreneurs. They're, they're taking their creative, um, you know, pursuits and, 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 and creating these environments from not only themselves, but others who look like them, you know, um, we're no longer waiting to be accepted. And that is why I'm so hopeful because I feel when you're always waiting to be let into the door, you're always going to be stuck. There's not going to be any progression. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not worried. And then they'll get in the streets and I really, and with revolution, there's always bloodshed. And I really feel that these kids are ready to die. Did you see them in the streets? Yes. Being like shot yes. at, you know, pellets beat up, coming, you know, toe to toe, face to face with, with, um, you know, opposition. And they were ready. They were ready. Getting arrested. Left and right. So I'm like, ooh, that's a whole different, like the ancestors. <laughs> it's really in their spirit. Like that fear, I think that um, was there for a few decades um, because we, we tended to be a little bit more kumbaya and we wanted to, to, to be peaceful. We've learned that being peaceful doesn't matter anymore. And these kids understand that. It's not that they don't want to be. Yeah. But listen, if you're going to knock me in my head, then, <laughs> it, you know, it's got to be what it's got to be, you know, because we're going to get this done. You're going to understand, you know, how we feel. So with that type of energy, um, I'm not I'm not really worried. And they're very mature because they have the Internet. They have a lot of information yes, at, um, at their fingertips and they can get those messages around the world much quicker because of things like social media. That's good. Um. And I agree with you 100%. I do see that our future looks bright when it comes to our children. I feel like they're going to take over spaces that we probably thought was impossible yeah. for them to walk in. And I think they have a bright future. They are much stronger. Like you said, I think the ancestors are with them. <laughs> they're in their blood <laughs> and they're ready. They're ready. Yes. Okay. So in your book, let's go back to your book. Um, I Love My Curls. Mm -hmm. You talk a lot. Well, it's a it's it's a building tool to help them learn acceptance and um, of self love through their hair. Can you talk about the importance of building sub building acceptance and love for themselves early on as children, and the importance of that through representation? Yeah, um, I think it's very important to to develop self love early on because I think it's too late once they enter into middle school or they enter into um, high school because that becomes a period of time where they want to be accepted by their peers, okay? So if you wanna be accepted by your peers, whatever they're doing at that time, you're gonna to wanna to do the same thing. And I think it's going to be much harder to um, kind of help them see that they're okay and, 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 and you should be your own individual. You don't have to fit in to what everyone else is doing. So I think when they're younger, um, they listen to us more. I think they're more impressionable. They're easier. I hate, I hate this word, but for lack of a better word, to mold. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if children are learning languages and, and their personalities develop between birth and five years, 
why not affirm them? I mean, I, I remember talking to my girls when they were still in my belly. You know, I remember singing certain songs that I could tell in their eyes that they they knew because I sung that throughout my whole pregnancy. So if we're affirming them when they're in there, we're affirming them when they come out, um, showing them images um, and, and that represent them when they're watching TV, where we're presenting them with toys, um, telling them how beautiful they are. I don't think it's going to be as much of a problem. I'm not going to say that they won't at some point doubt how beautiful they are when they start to get bombarded with all these negative message, messages that they get once we have to sort of let them go, go to school, they're growing up being exposed to different things. But when you have that underlining core self-acceptance, I, I, I think it's really hard for anything to sort of bring that asunder and 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 make you feel less than because you're going to question it because I laugh at my old my not my oldest daughter but my youngest daughter she was on the remote learning and they were talking about things you love about yourself and she said well I'm a black queen I'm beautiful I love my curls and my husband looked at me and and I looked at him and we had to like literally run out the room because we did not expect her to say that. No one told her to say that, but that's what we say to her all the time. So girlfriend believes it. And she told them like, listen, I'm a black queen. I love my curly hair. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well we want, and she is very um, outspoken in that way. And um, when she begins to question it, it is kind of complex. Sometimes like, like I mentioned earlier, sometimes, you know, she has friends in her classroom that, you know, are, don't look like her, they're not black. And sometimes she goes, oh, I like so-and-so's hair, but you, it's easier to will her, reel her back in because she's always known that her hair is beautiful. She's never doubted it. She's never really had any issues in that way. So she, it, it'll be like for a quick moment mm -hmm. and it'll just be more of an admiration thing more than that's better than what I got though. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's not good. that. So that's very know. good. You've done a good job with her. Yeah. You've done a Thank great you. job. <laughs> and so- before I let you go, can you just share with us some tips or a myth breaker, something that we can walk away with, the audience can walk away with that can either help them with their children or even their own self-esteem? I think that sometimes um, this would be a tip. Um, I, I feel that we need to have patience because we're all on our own personal journeys. Um, I when Because I love natural hair, I'm not one to judge. Because there's reasons why people choose not to become naturals and why people choose to become natural. For a lot of people that choose not to become natural, we have to be patient um, because for a lot of people, it is about the time factor. People, some people just like, I don't have the time to do all of this, which is somewhat of a myth. But listen, some people don't. You know, even before I became hardcore natural, that was a thing why I relaxed my daughter's hair, why I relaxed it. Cause I'm like, that's a lot of work. I ain't got time to be straightening my hair doing all these things because I did not understand my hair yet and I didn't accept it yet, right? right, right. But I think we should be patient in understanding that people um, are at different points of their journey and everybody ain't unpack the trauma of right. what this thing called hair is. It's not just about hair. There's a lot of psychological junk that people um, have accepted and until they rid themselves of that, they're never going to be able to understand um, how liberating it is to just accept yourself and to walk into the workplace, walk into school, shave your head off and say to your husband, your, your significant other, whoever you with, this is me accepting, honey, you know, um, but on the flip side, for those who have gone on the journey, it's okay. It's going to be a love-hate relationship because you are still learning about your hair. Mm -hmm. your, your, your hair changes in different stages from when you 
we both did the big chop. Now, you know, it's so much easier to mm -hmm. take care of your hair when it's shorter than when it starts to grow because the curl pattern sometimes changes a little bit. Your hair is getting thicker. It's more, it's more hair to deal with. Yes. You know, it, you know, so you have to be patient with it. It's okay to sometimes not like your hair, but, the, but it's an education. And there, but more than anything underneath it all, you have to just learn to love yourself. Love yourself if you're wearing the wigs. Love yourself if you're not wearing the wigs and the weeds. Love yourself if you're natural. You know, let's not judge one another because we have too much of that coming at us in the world yes, <laughs> as it so is. True. That is good. That is so good. Thank you so much, Janae. I appreciate you brought so much information and so many different perspectives of awareness. And I appreciate that. I know the parents that are listening are going to take away a lot of valuable information to even help, not just with their children's journey and their children's process, but with our own. Like you really nailed it. You really yeah. brought it home. I appreciate you. So can you tell everyone where they can find you on social media or your website or all your handles? Yes. Um, I keep it simple. So on Facebook and Instagram, um, you can find the I Love My Curl um, book pages. It's at I Love My Curls book. If you want to follow my personal page, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Mrs. Janae Anderson or on Facebook, Janae Anderson. And then I also have a community I started on Facebook called Hairstein. So you can you can find me there as well. Awesome. And hair steam is so good. Y'all tell them real quickly about hair steam and what that is. Oh, sure. It's, it's, it's right in line with everything that I've talked to today. Um, we, I, I, I talk about a lot of different things to um, help you care for your um, natural hair. Um, I talk a lot of, about the crown act issues and, and that come up in the news um, to, to sort of start these discussions that we need to talk about, you know, a lot of these, you know, goes right back to the messaging. It goes a lot back to, you know, the self-hate and what the world tells us about our hair. Like, why are we in 2021 and <laughs> we're still talking about loss <laughs> for us to wear our hair natural? It's Isn't crazy. something? I know. It's really crazy. So I kind of do a little bit of all of that, trying to unpack, pack it, and um, just be a source of um, information for us in a community where we can feel safe to, to, to unpack and talk about these issues that concern our hair yeah yeah thank you thank you thank you so much Janae for all the work you do in our community on trying to help our children learn to love themselves and the love letter that you wrote to them that is just beautiful so thank you so much thank you again for being on the podcast and I hope to have you back soon yeah awesome thank you I hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had with Janae and make sure you guys check out the show notes to find out where you can keep in contact with her and even get the I Love My Curls book. Until next time, let's continue to educate, empower, and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. Thank you for listening. See you next Monday.